Welcome to the Golden Wavelengths Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we talk about cryptids. Cryptids. Starting with what? <laughs> Sasquatch is always going to be my favorite. Because there are a lot. <laughs> We're starting with Sasquatch. There are a lot <laughs> of sightings. A whole lot of lore. And not to mention this is a shameless, 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 shameless war out. It's a future, what, episode all in its own? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If not a small miniseries, maybe, 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 I don't know. I think that might be a good idea. So, old Sachi, not one guy. <laughs> first thing, first things first. It's not just one dude. It'd be ridiculous to have sightings all around the world of one dude. The species. The bone structure alone. Like, you telling me about all of that? Oof. Short, stout legs to support its height. Long, pendulous arms. Oh, or Bigfoot. There's another name. What was the Japanese version? The, the Japanese one scene? You remember? Yuren? Yuren. Yurin. No, not Yurin. No, Yurin. No, not Yurin. Not Yurin. Yurin. And that's, I think, China, but I don't know about Japan. Uh, they can swim, but I don't think they can swim that far. That's a distance. That is a distance. But yes, almost every major continent on the planet has some sightings of some variation of some hairy biped. Mm-hmm. Some of them are gigantic in the range of 10 feet or more. Some are very small, like a pygmy-like mm-hmm. person covered in hair. Yeesh. And then there's different facial characteristics, different color of hair, different uh, types of feet, different uh, calls. You know, some uh, seem to have language. Others don't seem to have language. Some have been seen using some sort of tools or fire. Some don't use tools or fire at all, as far as we can tell. Very, you know, just like variation, just like you have in every other... Uh, Species. Yes, <laughs> that's the word, yes. Birds. Darren almost lost his mind just studying birds alone. You see the finches, the different beak sizes for the different... the, the finches. One smooth, well, not so smooth, I guess smooth-brained debunk that I heard for Sasquatch was, um, giant sloths. The the giant sloth, which was wiped out by, like, hunters, and I'm sure some natives beat the shit out of it, but they knew to, um, I guess preserve. They they didn't hunt things, so they understood that you cut down too many trees. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Giant sloths. <laughs> I, believe, I believe you are referring to the Mopping Glory. The Mopping Glory? Mopping Glory, yes. Um, Let me elaborate. Just... So the Mopping Glory, yes, that's one term. I believe uh, that's a native term for what may be uh, a thought-to-be extinct form of giant sloth. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem as civilized as a, as a swatch would be. Yes, so Mapinguare 
was said to have been killed by gold miners in Rondonia, a two-day walk from Porto Velho, and some of the descriptions show a giant sloth, but Bob Gimlin of YouTube makes a very good point hmm. that this may be something other than a uh, extinct, extinct giant sloth, specifically because sloths are very slow. Even a giant sloth. They're even slower. And whatever um, accounts are connected to this mop and guari usually associate with something that is very fast. But anyway, let's just run through um, a list of names from native cultures around the world uh, for something that allegedly does not exist. You got Siatkos, Salatics, Uku, Sunko, Sisamite, Didi, Mapanguari, Orang Pendek, Sasquatch, Yeti, Almas, Oma, Yawi, Nakluk, Yaren, Nitaiwa, Kitrao, Michi, Bunmanshi, Sabe, Kushtika, Gyadred, Kung Admi, and Murka. Gyadred is a bit of a, a stretch because that's actually the more appropriate or more accurate uh, pronunciation of the native term that became Yeti. Mm. So the uh, your, uh, Western pronunciation of their word Gyadred became Yeti. Oh. Just to clarify. Is Luna behind you? <laughs> so yes, um, Walter, tell us about our little trip up at Monkey Mountain. Oh what we my lord! May have found up there. Yeah, this all started with just like, where was it? We found like this little spot that I guess was kind of washed with rainwater, yada yada, what have you. Nice trees, a bunch of exposed roots, sitting to smoke. No yada yada. No yada yada. <laughs> but exposed roots, and then we're just like staring forward and we're just noticing like snap branches snap trees or like just large pieces of wood just slightly snapped in half or completely but um yeah we follow that we see a sign or was it like a piece of metal just hammered into a tree it was orange and white diagonal line that could have had something to do with uh logging or or Army Corps of Engineers or the Department of Conservation or something. But, right. But yes. If you follow that, just head over there to go check out what it is. And I remember it's just like checking out some of the snap twigs and everything. You kneel down, check like this really like small area that's just like covered with leaves, and they just remove it, and then we see boom, footprint. Like a foot. Not a shoe, not a boot, like toes. <laughs> big toes big toes my lord and oh the, the the instant i saw it i'm just like what the fuck i'm gonna be in one of those weird little videos where i die <laughs> because we're trying to run from this giant thing oh my lord walter was like it's time to go <laughs> did we take pictures no we didn't take pictures do you take pictures of a serial killer as he's running toward dude it's proof for the cops, you know. That's a little extreme. No, no. I mean, still, it's a threat. But yes. You feel most threatened, and I'm like... Yes, Ugh. that is a sentiment shared by many people who have had face-to-face -face encounters with these creatures. Jeez. No, I did not 
reach for my camera or my phone to take a picture. I was thinking about running or pretending to be dead. Yep. Or a bear. But that's not a bear. Bears don't have people feet. What the fuck? But yeah, that was my first actual touch of the world of the Squatch. Oh. <laughs> I've got that to tell my children if I choose to have them. Probably don't. Tell my nephews and nieces. Squatch, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So you said, I remember, this moment vividly, you said that perhaps this was like a, what was it, a trail? Where they were like migrating through to get to somewhere else, just like this region altogether. All of Missouri, I guess. To just head to like a heavily wooded area, was it? Just how they migrate, one of their migrating areas. Yeah, they travel through green bands. Mm -hmm. Green bands, that's what they're called. Good on you. And my theory is, or I have a hunch, that um, the young males, they they get to a a certain age Mm -hmm. and maturity in in their family group, um, and at that point they go uh they they leave the family group area and they migrate um and then they find a mate somewhere else and start a new family group and when they're seen crossing roads mm-hmm. um they are, the, the theory is is that these are uh adolescents who are more risk takers more uh, less experienced with um roads and vehicles and things like that they may have uh, they may have uh, grown up in partial isolation from infrastructure like that and and so that's why the majority of sightings in some locations at certain times of year are road crossings because it's it's that time of year and they're on their way to another area and you know how do they remember where to go well it's the same with birds birds migrate you know, generation after generation, they have no spoken language, no written language, obviously. Nope. But they know where to go. They know exactly where to go. And if that location changes and it's suddenly a parking lot, they're going to still land in that parking lot. Jeez. Avoiding human eyes, of course, because we're weird. And, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many, like, sightings there could have been in the past where, like, maybe they were killed or scared off by guns. Or just like, I don't know, just the interaction of hunters in general. Just seeing them from afar with these death sticks. There were a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of encounters. And, uh, and that would pass down in their stories. And that's all in the BFRO map. If you look at the sightings map, it goes back to around that time. Hmm. Um, the, I don't know if it goes around, uh, goes from like uh, colony, colony times, revolution times, and then, you know... Uh, post-revolution times and the great push west uh but yeah um but this location what was this location where we found this footprint called what was it the location where we found it or what like that little bed of what was this this park called (gasps) monkey mountain and we went in a little bit of like why it was called Monkey Mountain, but it didn't make sense. It's it says something silly about how early settlers remarked that 
yeah, um, that these rock formations were so wild or something that, that they were fit for a monkey or that only a monkey would be able to climb them or navigate them or something ridiculous like that. Let me look that up. Mm-hmm. Because I remember it was that. It was another description. That was just like the name they gave it, but I don't know. I, I, I think our description or what we've seen, I, I guess that shines just a little brighter why it might be called Monkey Mountain. What other name would you give to some giant, tall, primate-looking, hairy creature? Woof. And you said the footprint we saw was kind of like a, a baby's or like just a, almost an infant's footprint. This was like a small bed of leaves. Hmm? Oh, the footprint. Oh, not a baby. I said maybe it was adolescent just because adolescent. it was, you know, about a, like a little bit larger than our size of footprint. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the literal caricature of a footprint that you see with the fully grown ones where it's uh, the foot is like the footprint is about. Um, like two feet long or something like that, almost. Yeah. Like, what is it, like, like a 16 inch? Um, I do have something written. Okay. Never mind. Uh, Monkey Mountain! <laughs> I'm looking for the name Origin because I found it once and uh, I was never able to Damn. find it again. Dang it. Dang it, dang it, dang it. What color does Steve influence? I don't know. No clue. Yeah, but what the fuck? A footprint. Ah! Ah! The only other explanation that's like close to being probable, and we remember the, the mathematical uh, definition of probable. <laughs> Almost everything is probable, but possible is Shaquille O'Neal was in the <laughs> Nothing normal made that. Ah. I don't know. I found it. Sweet. sweet, sweet we sweet, have sweet. a development. We got it, we got it. <laughs> county. So say what's county? That doesn't sound right because Holt County. No, this is Jackson. So strange. Um, intri- yeah, very strange. But it says here this area was called Monkey Mountains, plural. Okay, so this isn't. But I mean, but this is the closest we can find folk. Right. So it says because early settlers deemed the river bluffs too steep for even monkeys to climb. So and now I've just now realized. That that is from a different location, different county, uh, and it's plural, not singular. So that's a whole different thing. And locally, I've asked around, and locally, the best thing I can come up or people can come up with is that a train derailed. That was a circus. It had a circus train car on it that contained monkeys, and then they survived the crash somehow, and then decided to travel multiple miles from that from the train tracks all the way over to what is now called Monkey Mountain and they live there and maybe were captured at some point but that's why it was called Monkey Mountain because it was associated with this story that probably didn't happen so there's that and then there's the fact that uh 
this area is a hotspot for locations of Sasquatch at certain times of year, according to the BFRO website, and that, you know, um, uh, monkey or ape is a, a common description used for Sasquatch because they do look so close to a um, an ape or a monkey Prime in some cases. I mean, if you were an early settler, or, or, or not an early settler necessarily, but somebody in the old times who didn't necessarily make a distinction, a distinction between an ape or a gorilla and a monkey, so you could say monkey, like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously I think that's why it's called that, and there's no official reason why it's called that. And we happen to find a footprint, and unless somebody, you know, who was very heavy, and barefoot, very large, very large, walked around up there, or it was a fucking seven um, foot. That was a big foot. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah. So we don't call it Bigfoot, or I don't call it Bigfoot, because um, that term came from a article about a hoax. In uh, California, and uh, I think it says 1958. Um, no, 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 this wasn't, in my memory, it was in the 60s. So kind of like that big thing with um, kids making crop circles and all of that. Or sometimes artists sneaking in the field being the Mickey. <laughs> Ooh, that's another topic. What a horrible article. I know for a fact that it doesn't even... Um... Fucking foot! Oh my lord! Ugh, just thinking about it, it's giving me the goosebumps and that weird feeling in my back again. It's petting all of my cats backwards, man. <laughs> it's, ugh, ah, it's Monkey Mountain. I mean, we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> Nobody died. <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> Some but some of the things he mentioned were trees broken at certain mm -hmm. in certain ways at certain like heights. Heights. Mm -hmm. So they're, we're talking nine feet off the ground at oh. least, and broken clean. Even though there's no indication of why they broke, because they're healthy, and that's basically it on that. And then some were bent in such a way that you would have had to. Um, take a sapling and slowly bend it and have enough strength and control to bend it in such a way that it doesn't clean, uh, snap clean off, mm -hmm. but that it's bent in a 90 degree angle. And when you see a 90 degree angle, when you're walking through or panning your view across a uh, natural landscape, a 90, 90 degree angle sticks out. Yes, immediately. So the, the theory is that they're used as directional markers. Of course, also you have to say that humans have been known to trailblaze in this way as well. Um, it gets into the fog because, you know, some primitive techniques used by Native Americans, um, uh, you could make a case, are also used by Sasquatch, mm -hmm. which uh, would, would make sense in some... But they wouldn't be snapping the branch, or like, the tree sapling, like, nine feet, unless they're walking around like a stepladder. And at that point, 
why do you need that? And then there's tree structures. Yes. Almost look like ruins from afar. So it takes a lot of experience with uh, tree falls, ordinary tree falls in in nature, um, and a lot of patience and awareness to like look at the area and be able to tell did this occur naturally was this placed here mm -hmm. and if it was placed there how easy would it be for a human an ordinary person to pull off this kind of structure yeah um and again none of this is like proof you know there's proof is for math and there's yeah there's no proof but we did find a footprint that um was convincing for both of us at least and, yeah. and it was in association uh with uh, a tree structure that was the reason we were in that spot because mm -hmm. we were looking at a huge tree structure um would you say sort of like three or four probably three poles quite a few of them because i remember we saw them we we're trying to like line up where it was going mm -hmm. um it's a bit about these creatures so the proportions the, the easiest way to spot a fake like say a human and a, and a suit is to look at their proportions so you take a image of uh, alleged bigfoot and then you compare those proportions those physical proportions to that of a human and of course there are variations in the species but this is a a, a rule for most where their torso is longer um longer and uh, wider big barrel chest mm -hmm. then they've their arms are longer their uh, hands will end somewhere around their knees or below and then their legs in purport in rel in relation to ours are shorter <laughs> and of course their feet are larger and their toe um, structure is different and then they also have a um, they have a what's called a mid tarsal break which is um, something that you, you see in apes where um and monkeys where the foot bends uh halfway so oh. they have not only the ability for their toes to all line up and bend and have that Whoa. but the foot itself in the middle between the knuckles and the ankle bone has a bend in it as well um and that gives you several advantages you can use your feet to climb trees um and as for the toe spread, so there's a, a peculiar toe spread. Maybe it's not the same for all var variations of the species, but the, they have a toe spread that I believe is, um, has been evolved partly to be able to climb trees, to grip tree trunks with, but also to um, dig into hillsides mm -hmm. um, as, they, as they run. It's just a theory. Because I've noticed, like, whenever I'm uh hiking or jogging or running for, through the woods for no apparent reason <laughs> uh what wears out first on my boots is that um edge yeah that i'm using to dig into the hillside as i run so just a theory, just a theory. Like there are no experts <laughs> that is that spot getting its own episode guaranteed oh yeah yeah you gotta accept me off because i will go on <laughs> and on and on another one i wanted to dig into or i think we did was what was it Chellwalker? no the Loska first the Loska. because this one's new to me 
And I've not, I've not heard this term before. What is Nerusca? In the Caribbean, there is a creature known as the Luzca, which uh, the, the name um, roughly translated is like shark octopus. Whoa! Which isn't to be taken literally, just like um, tiger shark isn't part tiger. Yeah, yeah, true. But this is a very large octopus that occupies the subterranean underwater tunnels and pools known as blue holes mm. scattered around the Caribbean islands. These blue holes have no tide. There's no um, apparent predators, hmm. crystal clear water, wow, and perfect swimming hole for locals and tourists alike every year. Without fail, hundreds, thousands of people are enjoying these blue holes. And um, every year, without fail, some of those people go missing, locals, tourists. And this is just a known thing. This is just a, a, a fact of life out there and and you know they'll try to plummet and try to f bring a, up a body try to find something but there's nothing because it's a maze down there to quote one of the searchers there's miles upon miles upon miles of Jeez. these tunnels and, and cavernous spaces beneath the islands um that actually in some places go below the ocean um, they go, they go, they go below the bottom of the ocean. So anything could be down there. Yeah. And when asked why, again, I'm giving credit to Mr. Bob Gimlin of YouTube, uh, for a lot of this information for my introduction to the Lesca, but a local was asked why, if, if this happens all the time, um, why do people still swim there? And he said something along the lines of, we all saw Jaws, right? Mm -hmm. But we still go swimming. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. So this is a great example of a cryptid that has a body count associated with it, that is known by locals and authorities alike. But on the whole, for example, when you Google it, it comes up as Caribbean mythology. Ah... Native, uh, native superstition, then, uh, you know, of course not. Um, and it could be partly that it's hard to investigate something like that because of the terrain you would have to cover. Um, you would have to have a big operation, a lot of money to navigate and map um, those areas. And then you've got the problem of tourist revenue. That's a lot of money. Going in and out of those island communities, they don't want they don't want a national you know news uh, station to be talking about some monster that's been you know investigated or even proven to to exist. No, 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 no. <laughs> now that relates to Sasquatch. So national parks have Sasquatch, have always had Sasquatch, and especially as um, civilization's grown, They've the Sasquatch populations depend on these parks, so it's almost becoming Sasquatch reservations. Right. And inevitably, whenever you have um, these cr 
you know, very dangerous creatures, let's be honest, uh, in areas which are occupied by tourists every year, millions of tourists, inevitably there's going to be some bad encounters. And I believe that some of the missing 411 cases are Sasquatch predation, and there are some um, clues throughout the data that do indicate that. Whoa. Like the case of Dennis Martin. Um, but yes, this was bad for business. So what do you do? Well, you say it's a myth and you uh, put out propaganda that makes it goofy and it's it's moonshine talk. But as time goes on and the internet grows and more and more people have cameras and more and more people are looking into this as a serious topic, the response to the National Park Service um, it's still not a, an officially recognized, publicly officially recognized <laughs> creature, but in the Army um, Army Corps of Engineers manual for Washington, D.C., not Washington, D.C., excuse me, Washington State, uh -huh. for example, from the 1960s, they do mention Sasquatch along other animals in the park um, as just a common thing, you know, the, a list of commonly known creatures and Sasquatches in there because... It's the army. You don't mess around. You need to know, you know, yeah. Yeah. there's no bullshit. Um, and today, that was in the 60s, and it's it was still very hush-hush. Mm -hmm. But today, you can go to a national park, Rocky Mountain National Park, for example, I believe. And you can go there and the gift shop, and there are Sasquatch plushies, uh, Sasquatch chocolate bars, uh, all for twelve ninety nine. you know, <laughs> just sat $10 bar of chocolate with a, a wrapper on it that has a National Park logo and a Sasquatch. You know, Sasquatch jerky, Sasquatch t-shirts, Sasquatch plushies, yes. And so it's like, you know, and there's signs, Sasquatch signs, Sasquatch Xing, Sasquatch crossing, yeah. So it's, it's now beginning to seem like we're going to make this a mascot. Smokey the Bear is outdated, and, and, and maybe it's its own little thing because of fire prevention. But the Sasquatch thing seems to be, at least for that park in particular, um, an unspoken thing. No, not an unspoken thing, but it's like, it's not a officially recognized creature. But we have a national park, which is connected to the state, that is making merchandise based on a creature that's not supposed to exist, and they've got a Sasquatch statue uh, out right outside the gift shop. So it is recognized. It was recognized by the Army Corps of Engineers in the 1960s at, to some extent. And then it's recognized today by yeah. National Park Service to an extent through that gift shop. Do they have the Luska as any, like, plushies, though? Or have they not gotten to that point? Is this, like, a relatively I don't think there's cycle? gonna be any Luska plushies. It's a little new... And also, which is more terrifying? The Guardian of the Forest? Yeah. Or a giant octopus that just plucked your friend Steve <laughs> below into the depths without a sound, and he's just gone forever, and he's gonna be eaten slowly in a cave somewhere, you know, a thousand feet underground. Okay. Which is scarier? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any uh, Luzka plushies, but I will Google it. <laughs> I do remember there was like a um, a Netflix movie that kind of played on that, but it was like this kid 
and her friends going off to like some strange. It was probably definitely the Caribbean. You can buy a sharktopus plushie oh. on Etsy. Uh huh. That's technically it. I gotta give yeah, sharktopus. AK, let's get. It's very niche. Uh, that is very niche. Yes. It's not like a widely recognized store. Like, oh, I can buy them on Amazon. <laughs> okay, what else do we got? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was the Luska, but what about the Panawalka? Let's talk about terrifying shit. Ew, the image alone. The Pale Walker. Um. The Rieger. The Rake. The Rake. So, so the Pale Walker and the, the description for the Pale Walker and the Rake are very similar. <laughs> Maybe uh the same creature only problem is is that rake originated as creepypasta goddamn creepypastas um yeah so originally appearing on the internet as creepypasta and uh yep attacks human for unknown reasons often causes its victims great psychological trauma yes I mean, I felt traumatized watching the video. Oh, you'll like this. And the the rake has also been tied to the alternate figures, such as Slenderman. I like how the image is kind of like just sitting up like on a counter or a bed. But he looks like one of those images on Instagram where a girl is like sitting on the sink. <laughs> Look how big my ass is. <laughs> So uh, uh, although the creature called the rake and the associated image of it screaming at a trail cam uh, was part of a creepypasta contest, um, there's this other thing called the pale walker, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the white walker of, of Game of Thrones. Or Paul Walker. And there is there is a native there there is a Native American uh, monster legend uh that is close to this description and it has to do with a uh, a cannibal mm. who um became other uh, uh, something other than human it, uh ate on flesh until he uh, became you know super fast and uh, super strong but he had an insatiable hunger do you, do you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. i forgot what they were called uh, well, well, a video game I played. Uh, this is sad, but I have to look up episode one of Supernatural. <laughs> Damn it! What was it called? I'm about the... to know. Wah, 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 wah. Season one, episode one. Uh, oh wait, was it the second episode? Now I'm. Now I'm. What was it? Because it was definitely an old Native American tale. About like eating flesh in a certain area. Wendigo. Wendigo! Damn it! <laughs> so, Wendigo, Hill Walker. Alright. So, it's a tall, thin, very pale creature with very simple uh, facial characteristics, like barely any nose, but, but very, very large eyes. And what? Well, that's it. That's mm-hmm. really. That's basically it. Uh, it sounds to me, if if this exists, and there have been sightings 
uh, shout out to Monsters Among Us podcast for some sightings of uh, this thing, like people living out in the country, and then kid goes out uh, to the patio, and then there's this thing sitting on the railing. God, why? What do you want? <laughs> and his mother said, "You must have seen a bobcat," but you know, could, no. kid was too young; he couldn't explain that. No, I didn't see a bobcat. Anyway. I think it's a subterranean creature. I think anywhere that these things are found, there are cave systems. Yeah. To be fair, there's cave systems spanning the entire country. But um, I believe the paleness, no um, hair or fur, large eyes, is all indica- indicative of living in the dark in the caves. Right. Oh, my God. You remember the movie The Descent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's probably partly inspired. Um, so the idea is that these things, you know, maybe there's not enough food down there, so they come up every once in a while and they take, you know, things to eat. Jeez. That's basically that. Ugh. A lot of dark things out there. Mm-hmm. Like the Thunderbird. That one's new to me. That one in the Luska is new to me. So, just like Sasquatch, you'll get native cultures that talk about the Thunderbird as a real thing. Hmm. But the Sasquatch obviously obviously gets more attention. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. But you've seen, like, the totems of Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Totem poles. And if you like the imagery in a lot of uh, Native American art. Mm-hmm. I think, what is it, um, New Mexico? Don't they have a Thunderbird on their... Yep. And one or something. And, uh... Yeah, so the idea here is that it could be a bird as we know it, or it could be a prehistoric creature that um, basically sometimes comes down from the skies and takes cattle, takes pets, occasionally people, and then it flies off and it goes to its mountainous, you know, difficult-to-access area where it eats Whatever it's caught, and for all we know, maybe I don't know, maybe it's children, maybe it hibernates, yeah, feeding its little (laughs) children, and uh, (laughs) yeah, so yeah, it could be some people have um theorized that some missing 411 cases are the result of some type of flying creature that has come down from the sky and taken a person and flown away. Um, because you've got uh, footprints that end out of nowhere. You've got um, scent trails that either go somewhere and then stop and, and uh, for no apparent reason or don't go anywhere at all as if the last known location of this person, they didn't travel when, they, when whatever happened to them happened to them. They, went, um, they didn't travel across the landscape and leave a trail or a, a scent trail or, or footprints. They went straight up. Mm-hmm. So usually that's associated with alien abduction. I was trying my hardest not to tie aliens in on it. And you know, David Pilates, he he avoided that for so long, and but but he's finally come out on his his latest documentary, which is fantastic. Recommended the latest missing four one one documentary huh. is about the UFO connection, and yeah. So I believe when we look at a missing four one one cluster map. I highly recommend getting one if you're into this kind of thing. Um, I think what some of what we're looking at is Sasquatch predation. Some of what we're looking at is alien abduction. 
some of it may be a Thunderbird's sky creature type thing. Um, and then there's some people who think that uh, a shadow government's involved. And that gets way <laughs> out there. We're talking breakaway civilizations, stealing people to sustain their populations, that kind of thing, folks. We're not going to get into that today. Yeah, not today. Definitely getting into that. That's the whole list. <laughs> Did we cover the whole list like that? Like I think that was the whole list. No, it's I not. Think about people walking through, what was it, wormholes or whatever. It could also be a thing. Just sound getting different. Sound dampening. Merfolk. Merfolk! Now, I was not prepared. That's my favorite cryptid. I did. I'm sorry. But... I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared, and I did not um, add the image that we've caught to the slideshow. Ah, as we go. So let's see if I can do that live and uh, fast. Freaking wonderful. How many people remember that documentary when it first aired on Animal Planet? I, I remember it. I, I gotta look up like the TV guide to see like what episodes were playing before then because I'm pretty sure it was the most extreme, which is that series about like the most extreme, like animals and like what they could do. And they talked about jumping or like sight or whatever. Second episode I'm sure was a rerun of Crocodile Hunter, but I remember that countdown in the upper right hand corner of the screen hit zero. And then the Merfolk episode started. Ah, my sisters believe heavily in this shit. I remember that too. I remember getting goosebumps and immediately being convinced and I'm not sure if it's real. You gotta be open you gotta be skeptical to some extent. Yeah, I'm a fin squatter. But I think, you know, there's legends of these things going back a long time. I don't I don't believe Mr. Clyde. Clyde! Mr. Clyde. Are you like trying to get in here because Luna's in here? Oh. What you, what you want to say? You want to say something in the mic? Cat interruptions. Cat interruptions. What are you doing, silly? <laughs> nice. Alright. You freaked out my merfolk, too? Yeah, yeah. You're so distracting, Clyde. Alright. So. Seats. Are you guys part of the podcast now? What, what, what would uh, you... Yes. <laughs> that was the resounding yes. So, I don't believe I don't I don't buy the whole um, the mermaid thing was con uh, concocted by very 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 lonely seamen. Yeah. No pun intended. Who who were out in the middle of nowhere and they may have they may have seen what was it uh, a hand? Some no some kind of there's some kind of sea creature that maybe if you squint and you turn your head and you were really drunk, might look like a woman. And so that's the sloppy, you know, explanation is that they they saw a creature on some rocks and they thought it was a woman or they fantasized it being a woman. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. All right. I don't believe that. Back in the ocean. I do not believe that. Very 3D. And, um... I don't necessarily want to get into aquatic um, ape theory right now. Oh, uh, I mean... Someday. <laughs> but um, when you talk about that stuff and dig into that stuff, it makes merfolk 
uh, more believable. Very at some point, have you seen it yet? At some point in the slideshow, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do it quite right, but at some point in the slideshow, you will see um, two images that were taken by, I, I guess, was it an animal planet mm. dive team and a sub? Um, well, less well, of them, but like they kind of got their whole story aired on Animal Planet. Mm, mm, that's the part that's right. They were being interviewed on Animal mm. Planet when we watched it. Yeah, so you got two images of what may or may not be some sort of uh, mermaid or merfolk. Golly. There's I mean, one. Even, there's one. There's the. There's the face. Look at the face. Large eyes for dark environments. Um, seeing in the dark. Webbed. Webbed. And there's the head. Yeah, webbed fingers there. I noticed the palm though, like the lines on the palm. So part of part of uh, aquatic ape theory has to do with us humans have webbed toes occasionally. Mm-hmm. The mammalian diving reflex. A lot of creepy images in this um, slideshow that we should talk about eventually. This image was from, uh, what was it, Bolivia? Mm-hmm. Or Bul Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah, the uh, Bulgarian hikers uh, didn't see that photo until they looked over the footage after after the fact. Uh, two, at least two gray aliens, very tall, standing in the background in the forest. Yeesh. Yeah, maybe some gray sightings were like skinwalkers. Uh, skinwalker. God damn it, pillwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> there I go again. Oh. God damn. Yeah, I don't know. I used to want to be like a marine biologist, dive underwater and just write about what I know, or helping like conserve like coral reefs. But then like the more I started reading about the ocean. I drowned at the age of six. But like the more I started reading about the ocean and then seeing all the weird shit and then finding out the knowledge that we barely know anything about anything underneath the ocean. We know more about space than we do about the ocean here on Earth. Ah. Ah. What is the phobia of like being underwater and seeing something massive? It has a name. It's not philosophobia. It's, is that a name? It, it definitely has a name. Oh, Probably comes from ancestral memory because, you know, <laughs> there are big things in there. Did you see the uh, viral image of, of uh, what was it? Luna leaving. Ten foot, twenty. Yeah, I think it was a ten foot um, shark had a gigantic bite. Megalodon. Yes. It still might be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. I'm the ocean. Kraken. Hey, you want to go on a cruise? No. no. No, no, Not just because of the errors of humans, but also because of what might be out there. Ugh. And, and you know, I look at this missing 411 map, the most recent one, and there are several spots out on the ocean because, yeah, there have been mysterious disappearances of of boats of all sizes, fish, but fisher, but, you know, Fishermen's boats, mm -hmm. cruise sh ships, not necessarily cruise ships, but um, cargo ships. Uh, so you're not safe. You're not safe out there. It doesn't matter what craft you're on. It doesn't matter if you're part of military or if you're um, always in touch with people via radio yep. or GPS. doesn't matter. And so, yeah, I, I love the sounds of the ocean and the, the look of it and beautiful. all Surfing of that. It's awesome. I've fucked my elbow up so many times. <laughs> it's fun. Would I go out to the middle of it to study it? No. Right. 
I, no. I was in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for a while and, you know, sit, watch the ocean, have a drink, but uh, did I go swimming? Maybe once. <laughs> yeah, maybe once or twice. And then the rest of the time I just looked at it because, yep. and, and maybe I was thinking about what's out there. Did you hear um, there was a ship graveyard where they used to do a World War II sort of memorial service at, so that they would have all these boats travel to this one uh, area, I think maybe naval ships too. Mm. They would travel to this one spot on the ocean uh, where below there are, um, were, there were, oh lord, gigantic shipwrecks, like, you know, battleships and stuff, oh, yeah. gigantic shipwrecks that would have, um, been too costly to salvage and also had historical value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were just gone one day. They went out there for the annual ceremony, all these boats. And then the ship graveyard's gone. So either... I don't know. I don't know. Someone very stealthily uh, and efficiently and very quick, because this happened in under a year, um, took all the metal from from several battleships underwater without anyone noticing. Um, No probability. There's been theories about breakaway civilization and that maybe uh-huh. they needed materials. I mean, in that case, I mean, um, it's a group effort. <laughs> then you could get into like alternate universe theory where there was a ship graveyard there in another timeline or another, you know, universe. And then for some reason, things changed and now there isn't one, you know. Jeez. I don't know, dimensional toggling. It's one term that came up at some point in my research that I've never found since then. Dimensional toggling. And toggling, of course, means to switch from one thing to another. And so if you have dimensional toggling, you have things that, you know, are there one second, gone the next, are, you know, occupying multiple dimensions at the same time. Uh, It's been theorized that uh, in some of the cases when... UFOs have been fired upon by mil- the military, and uh, they were unaffected. It was because spike there. Ooh. They were unaffected. It was because at some point, um, it should be fine. It should be fine. Yeah. Okay. That they were unaffected because p- be part of <laughs> part of the craft was in another dimension. That the uh, the part that was visible. By the mil- uh, to the military was in this dimension, and, but the part that would be impacted by um, the ordinances, I guess you'd say, uh, is in another dimension. So maybe it is getting uh, affected to some degree, but it, most of that, um, yeah, most of the craft and all its systems are unaffected because they're in another dimension. And this is all far out there, you know. Yeah, that, in, that travel would be, make a lot more sense. Interdimensional travel or space-time travel. <laughs> I mean, one and the same. Yeesh. I keep thinking Merfolk like the the sirens that old sailors would see. They would just hear like this haunting, alluring sound. And, yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. And 
for the booty, for the booty. But still, uh, I don't know. There, there are a lot of sightings, and like you said, like all rumors start from somewhere. Ish. <laughs> Speaking of Merkboat, do you plan on watching the new Mer uh, Little Mermaid? <laughs> Will it make you less terrified of the big open sea? <laughs> we only have so much time to live here. We only have, we're only allocated so much time to live here, and I'm no no Walter. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna watch the new Little Mermaid. Then <laughs> there didn't need to be one. No. We, we all we needed was the old Disney one with hidden penises drawn in it. Okay. <laughs> you remember? I remember. It, yeah. All kids remember the, the creepy part. It's like yeah, we saw that growing up. Remember the dicks? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, this this underwater creature doesn't look. Oh, it passed the image, but yeah, that underwater creature didn't look like something a sailor would write home about. Um, Sexually. Well, also, speaking of uh, underwater creatures, there's a uh, story somewhere about divers in Russia, I believe it was Russia, who went down and they w encountered giants. What? Under the water. Yes. Um, let's see if I can. Dead look. or just like swimming around? Look that up. Look that up, Castell. Look that up, Castell. Clyde. You're on the clock, you. Nothing. Oh, so you're microphone shy. It's like camera shy, but you have to be a pussy. Clyde is a cat. <laughs> Under the lake of Lake. Under the lake, under the waters of Lake Baikal in 1982, seven Russian divers 1982, that's recent. encountered giants. Whoa. What? Near the research outpost Vostok Station. Vostok. What the? Okay, so skeletons, so they were found dead. I thought they were alive. I hope I have that. Jeez. So then that's a cryptid. Giants. Giants and, um... I don't know. <laughs> insufficient data. Insufficient. I don't know anything about underwater giants. Um, <laughs> but I have heard things about mountain giants. Eh, the mountains. So, like, there's a difference, apparently, between a, a Sasquatch that's about nine feet, ten feet tall, and a mountain giant, which um, can get up to 20 feet tall. They also don't have the same proportions as the Sasquatch. Um, they're more human-like proportions. Uh, one, one inhuman trait that at least some of them seem to have are tusks. And this is... Yes. And this is where we get the uh, tusk feature in... The troll under the bridge mm -hmm. imagery. So trolls and, and cyclops. giants. Um, cy cyclops, I'm iffy on. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there was allegedly a whole tribe of 
you know, cyclopean people. Anyway, um, <laughs> rabbit hole about rabbit hole about rabbit hole. What was I saying? It was about giants and underwater. Mountain giants. Okay, so there is a note somewhere on the great cork board of weirdness that made a note about mountain giants. There it is. <clears throat> Keep touching the mic. <laughs> mountain giants footprint range. Seven to thirty-six inches. Attacks on sight. Tusks. Yep, those are the only notes I made on Mountain Giant. Said to inhabit very, very, very remote regions. Um, Montana, possibly. Alaska, possibly. Russia. Um, maybe in, around Tibet. So, I see Russia. It's a large portion of that that's just kind of untouched. And uh, why don't people, why is it, it's a big thing, you know, you know we know about elephants, like, yeah. we know about gorilla, well, that's a whole another thing, because <laughs> gorilla was actually a mythological creature, native superstition, until we finally found proof of them, finally <laughs> tracked them down, they were very elusive, very clever creatures, finally tracked one down, and only whenever, you know, we took one live, mm -hmm. back to civilization, did people finally believe it was real. It's a colloquial understanding. This is not a myth. Here it is. But what was I trying to say before that? It was about giants and the mountain people. <laughs> the mountain people, the mountain giants. <laughs> was it? Yeah. We, left, we left off on Russia. Okay, well, okay, so Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. So you've got um, the Valley of the Headless Men. Whoa. What a name. It's also known as the Nahani Valley. Nahani. I don't think this is look like in Japanese characters. No, no, no. This is in Canada, not Russia. Oh, excuse me. So yes, the Valley of the Headless Men is in um, Canada, Nahani Valley, also known as, and uh, some have theorized that it's a. Uh, it could be Sasquatch. They can rip heads off for sure. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt saw it himself. He saw someone's head removed um, by Sasquatch. Jeez. But yeah, uh, some think it's a uh, mountain giant in that area doing that. If I saw that happen, I would create a bunch of nature reserves too. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of that bit in Harry Potter where... Hagrid's asked about the existence of real-life giants and why don't the muggles know about them or ever f encounter them. And Hagrid, you know, it's very dark. Hagrid says, well, they do, you know, up, uh, once in a while up in those mountains. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what happens to them? Oh, bear, avalanche. <laughs> and that's pretty much the case. Yeah, you, there are many deaths of uh, Sasquatch that were chalked up to bear. Um, yeah, that was that you know, the people directly involved in the case knew wasn't bear because a bear does not open a truck's door, <laughs> bend a man in half, and stuff him in the footwell of the passenger side. A bear does not do that and then close the door. So, no, 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 oh, that's not what? that's not a bear. Bear doesn't take a rifle and bend it in half. Oh. 
There's a story about a man getting origami and just shoved in a truck with the door closed. Yes. Um, what? Credit credit to uh, Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods, Sasquatch Encounters, I believe. Um, oh, it's killing me. I can't remember his name. Just one moment. Holy shit. Ah, Sasquatch. That's lore. You, you see why this is getting its own episode? This is incredible. So, um, logo man folded like clean laundry and shoved into the foothold of a truck. W.J. Sheehan is the author of Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters. Mm-hmm. And I believe that account can be found um, in book three or four. I'm not quite sure, but yes. Where did I, um, I was trying to also link to, oh yeah, so, so, uh, when you're talking about giant giants, like mm-hmm. David and Goliath type giants, um, as opposed to our big fella friend in the woods, the guardian of the forest, Sasquatch, who, you know, maxes out about 10, um, you're talking 15, 20 foot tall, uh, more human looking type species of people. And, uh, I believe it was Marco Polo who stated that, um, he encountered entire tribes of these people. They were said to have more fingers too. Oh yeah. Six fingers. And so, uh, the, uh, tradition, do you call it a tradition of, um, natives holding up their hand and the stereotypical how, you know, don't cancel me. I'm part Cherokee, but, uh, that holding up your hand and greeting to somebody was to prove that you had five fingers and not six, because those who had six fingers, their genetics were mixed with this other species, which, um, were very tall and, um, may have had elongated, uh, conical, you know, skulls, uh, double rows of teeth. Yes, and that does remind me that a mountain giant footprint as opposed to a Sasquatch footprint. And yes, I know how crazy all of this sounds. Uh, <laughs> what are you here for? Has uh, four toes. Huh. Yeah. And then, you know, some people have said that that's like uh, in the Sasquatch, Sasquatch research community have said maybe that's the result of inbreeding among Sasquatch communities. Mm-hmm. But actually you get, um, I believe you get more... Don't you get more digits, not less? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's mountain giants. Um, they may have, they may be connected to an ancient alien civilization that um, uh, built megaliths across the planet hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, Book of Enoch refers to them as the Nephilim, the Watchers. Right. It's nicely with the story of the fallen angels and mating with and we started on cryptids. Huh? I, and we started here on cryptids. Uh, and, and I, no, 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 no. I, I will, I will draw the line. So like Sasquatch is a cryptid because it is more like an animal than a human, even though it has a lot of human-like oh, characteristics. Oh, a mountain giant or a Nephilim or a longhead, however you want to put it, I think is more along the line of an alien uh-huh. uh, or a human, but more like an alien. So that it's less of like when I think cryptid, I think a creature of you know that lives in the woods and, or or the wild places of the earth and isn't alien in origin. I don't think crypt- aliens are cryptids. Oh yeah, so uh-huh. sky creatures. Um, that is something that we need to look into at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I theorize, we were talking about this earlier, I theorize that some of the weather phenomenon that you find in uh, Fordian, um, Fordian books, uh, uh, like jelly or flesh raining from the sky, that maybe that has something to do with uh, creatures that live in the sky. They're, you know, high up, very elusive. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that is very far out there. I have no <laughs> insufficient data. Insufficient data. Inconclusive. Redacted. <laughs> oh, so one thing I spotted on the great corkboard of weirdness. <laughs> Dogman. Dogman? Yes. Is he like Mothman? Dogman, Wolfman, Werewolf. Uh, so, werewolf, yes, is more, uh, the, the myth is that it's a, a person who tra changes into a, a humanoid wolf, um, but this dogman is more like a creature that is always a humanoid wolf. It's not a shapeshifter like a skinwalker, we'll get into that sometime. It's not a werewolf, uh, which is a person who literally, you know, grows hair and all that stuff, um. It is a, a species, just like Sasquatch is a species, and is very elusive and very intelligent. Um, it seems, in some cases, in some places, to be a competitor for resources against Sasquatch and other creatures. Um, it's been it's been encountered by maybe thousands of people, likely hundreds of people, across um, you know many decades. Uh, and pretty much every single time people encounter them, they get a terrible feeling of dread and evil. Ooh. So much more malevolent than Guardian of the Horse. Mm -hmm. They've chased cars down, going oh, excess of 40 miles an hour. Oh no! Running on a horse. They could hear the clicking of its claws against the asphalt. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. There's a lot of spooky things out there in those woods, folks. That's why I don't go to the woods alone. You are more than free. It's free country. You are more than free to go out to the woods alone. But I don't, and I recommend... I, I try not to, and I, I would recommend you go with somebody, and you uh, don't walk single file. Mm -hmm. If you can bring a, a weapon, a gun, bring a, bring a gun. Uh, if you can afford a personal uh, locator beacon, um, get one, about $200. David Pleidy's author of Missing 411, always recommends check the weather, tell someone where you're going. Yes. Uh, it's better to be in a group if you are in a group. Yes, don't walk single file because the last in line mm. is who's taken. Too many Then there's other side things like, um, well, yeah, there's st stay within view with the eyesight, the group. Um, but then there's side things like don't wear red. Interesting. Don't whistle. What? Especially if you hear something whistling. Oh, don't yeah. whistle back. But yeah, don't go into the woods whistling. And uh, the the red and the whistling, I believe, is um, I picked that up from cases in Indonesia, I believe, where the the natives said the you know the whistling people will take you. You go into those the the forest. This is rainforest we're talking about. You go into that rainforest, and you're wearing red, and you and you whistle. And there's a few other things I think they said. Uh, then the whistling people take you. Yeah. Ah! 
God damn it, Indonesia. Yeah, there was if a case. You thing to worry about. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> yes, I believe there was a case of a um, a disabled girl, young girl, who was taken from her hotel room. Her her family was on vacation there, and she was taken from the hotel room um, into the woods. And I, I believe she passed away. When, uh, she was found dead, I believe. I should look that up. I'm kind of lazy, though. But yes, um, so she went missing. Then these monks or shaman uh, told the searchers that, or they were asked by the searchers um, where these girls were, or the girl was, sorry. And they said that uh, it was taken by the whistling people, and um, they did a ceremony, and they said, you know, you'll find her, and um, they did. Jeez. And I believe that's the story where I first heard of this, uh, don't wear red, don't whistle. And there's the Hawaiian, um, what is it, um, the night, hmm, night marchers. Oh, have you heard of this? No, <laughs> I was thinking in my head, like, I would imagine somewhere like Hawaii being an island excluded from everywhere else. They would definitely have their own type of cryptid, if you will. Tell me more about the night watch. You see how much darkness is in my brain? <laughs> you collect and you remember. Night marchers said by the uh, native Hawaiians to be the spirits of the soldiers that protected the king. Hmm. The king of the Hawaiian Islands, uh, I believe. I forgot his name, but there you go. Uh -huh. Yes, very good. And um, that they're, you know, eternal guards of, you know, this king and that they patrol the island to this day. And uh, if you're ever to encounter them, they come up, they come down from the mountains and they, I think, maybe patrol the shores. And uh, if you ever encounter them, you are t uh, said to, you're advised to take your clothes off and plant your face down in the sand, like down on the ground, without look you don't look at them. And you plant your face down on the ground in humility. So you're naked, and you're face down in com complete hum humility, and that's the only way to survive not being taken or, I guess, killed by these night marchers. Jeez. Yeah, do we have any cases on that map uh, in Hawaii? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I see one little sticker, two little stickers. Jeez. Yeah, I can imagine why so many people died. Oh, no, no, you're naked. He said, I have to kill you. No, I have my pride. My Saiyan pride. Yeah, so he died prone anyways. The cases of Canon and Sibian mm. in Honolulu. I haven't looked into those. I suppose I could. Ooh. That was west. That would be west, obviously, right? Far mm. oh, left. Leftmost. I'm not gonna make an anime reference. I just made an anime reference. Dragon Ball! <laughs> Damn it, Walter. We almost went this entire podcast without you bringing up anime. I'm not an anime fan, but there are just a few that I love. <laughs> I don't know, you sound like an anime fan. No. 
<laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot <laughs> wrong with being an anime fan. Well, if you're a 100% anime fan, where like my hair color is just dyed, or maybe I like grow out a fro and then I like hot comb it, where my hair looks like. <sighs> Give me a character. Goku, there we go. <laughs> Ah, cringe is okay. It's okay to be cringe. Nowadays. I agree. Don't be a brony. <laughs> I wonder what other cryptids they might have in Hawaii. I'm sure they have their own creatures. They have they definitely have their own like animals and native flora that grow there, so I wouldn't see that out of the box. I also doubt there would be any form of squatch sightings out there. It's very waterlocked. I'm sorry, I'm reading. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> Trying to find Hawaii. Trying to find Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, there's only one page on Hawaii. And then it goes straight to Idaho. Hmm. Um, and it is Sibian. Sibian. Teodoro Sabayan, 13 years old. Um, he was found alive. But yeah, it doesn't mention the night marchers on there. That was mentioned by David Polites during one of his interviews, I believe, on Coast to Coast, or it could have been Where Did the Road Go podcast. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Feel free to invite us. We just blew through that list. Nicely done. We just blew how straight through time? that list, didn't we? What are, how are we on time? <laughs> that is the golden question on the golden podcast. I'm sure future episodes. One hour, 13 minutes. Not bad. A new record for the Golden Wavelength podcast. <laughs> all right, we'll leave it there, folks. All right. Yeah, we got through all the cryptids. So, yeah. Catch us.